25. We're going to begin with verse uh, 14, and I'm going to read a number of verses uh, that I believe that will help us to have some perspective. And so we're going to talk today about being a team player, being on the team. And so we'll begin with verse 14. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. And so he gave talents, and this is a monetary talent, worth about $1,000 each talent. And you know, here we are, finding that God gives out talents, or He also gives out ability. Because He gave, in this case, talents. Of course, this is a parable. But to give us understanding of the kingdom of heaven and how God works with people. And so he gives to one five talents. He gives to another two and then to another one. And notice it's according to their ability. And all ability is given by God. Every grace, every gift, every ability that you have is a God-given ability. And so he gave them different amounts determined by their ability to do something with it. So let's go to verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with the same with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled the account, settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. You ought, so you ought to have de deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back mine own with interest. So he took the talent from him and gave it to him who had ten, has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. 
and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, we see in this uh, particular uh, parable of the talent that, again, God gave to one five talents, to another two, and then to another one. Each of them had ability to deal with and to do something with the talent that was given to them because God had given them ability and they had ability to do something with it. When God has given us ability, then he also gives us responsibility. In other words, he holds us accountable to do something with what he gives to us. And so we are responsible and every individual has personal responsibility. And when God gives us ability, he wants us to develop that ability. He wants us to excel in our giftings. He wants us to uh, be faithful according to this parable. He wants us to be faithful. He commended them who were faithful. And uh, he commended them for being faithful, obviously developed their uh, giftings and their abilities enough to at least double what they had received. And so in our lives as Christians, as believers, then God wants us to develop our gifts and develop our talents and be faithful with what he has given to us and at least double. Thank you for one amen. At least double. And so God wants to utilize the gifts and the talents in our lives. Well, those gifts and talents should uh, give you a personal advancement or personal benefit. And God wants you to use your gifts and your talents for personal benefit, personal advancement, so that you can be blessed in your life and you can enjoy the good things that God has provided in this earth for you to enjoy. God put it here for you to enjoy, so he wants you to be blessed and enjoy the benefits and the blessings that are available to us. Amen. So in order to do that, though, we have to apply ourselves. We have to give ourselves to our gifts, so to speak. We have to develop those gifts, and then we have to do something with them, utilize the gifts in different areas of uh, our job, our business, or whatever we do in life to make money or to be blessed and enjoy God's blessing in our life. So he wants us to do that. But he also wants us to use our gifts and our talents for his kingdom purpose. In other words, everybody then is responsible because your gifts that you use to excel and to advance in this earth and in this world to enjoy the blessings of God in life, then he wants you to use those gifts and other gifts as well in his kingdom advancement. And so as a Christian, you have then not only the ability to do it, but you have the responsibility and God does hold us accountable for what we do with what we have. And again, every person in this case that was described here, these three persons all had different levels of ability. And so God gave them the talents based on their ability to perform something with it. Well, sometimes we understand that a person may have ability and they really excel. Then another one has ability, but they don't really give themselves. They don't develop their ability and they don't excel in their area of expertise or giftings and callings. And so God will reward us here and now, but also in eternity based on our faithfulness with what we have. 
And God always wants to know what do you have in your hand. In other words, what do you have to do with? What will you do with what you have? So God wants us to apply ourselves and be faithful with what he has given us, the abilities, the talents, and giftings, and callings, and what he has given us to use it for his glory and to bring advancement to the kingdom of God. So we see that there were two. One of them had been given five talents. He comes back in accountability because if you have responsibility, there must be also accountability. And if God has given you gifts and given you talents and given you ability and uh, he has given you that responsibility to do something with it, he's also going to hold you accountable. And so in this case, uh, when they came, the person that had received five talents, he was happy because, you know, he had at least doubled what he had received. And so he he said, I have gained five more talents. And God's response in this case is, good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a few things, and I will make you a ruler over many things. In other words, God's promotion comes from faithfulness. But notice as well, the one that had received two talents, he had gained two talents more, and so he was Happy that he had been able to gain two talents more. And then obviously uh, his Lord was happy as well because he gave him the same commendation. He gave him the same reward as the person who had gained five talents. He said the same words. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over uh, a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter. Into the joy of your Lord. So in both cases, they got rewarded according to their faithfulness of utilizing their ability and their giftings and developing it and using it for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Are you with me? So God doesn't reward you about, uh, based on how much you have. He rewards you on your faithfulness with what you had. In other words, everybody can receive the reward of God. Any person, no matter what level of ability that you have been given, no matter what level of blessing that has been put in your hand, and the things of God, the gifts of God, the talents, the abilities, and opportunities, everybody gets rewarded for their faithfulness with what they had. Are you with me? Well, then you've got another one who didn't get rewarded, but he got demerits. I mean, here this guy, he went and dug a hole, and he put his Lord's money in the hole. He hid his talent. He didn't use it. He had the ability to use it because it was according to every person's ability that they had received. So he had ability to double it just like everyone else. The other two had doubled theirs. At least he could come back with two. But no, he hid what he had. Why? Because it says he was afraid. Fear and intimidation hinders people from producing in their life. They're afraid to utilize their gifts. They're afraid that they don't get results or they don't get a positive outcome. And so fear hinders them from being effective in life. But you notice here that he said he was an unprofitable servant. So don't ever be afraid nor intimidated regarding your giftings because they're not the same level of somebody else. 
In other words, maybe somebody else has more ability, seemingly. But, necess- but you're not rewarded because of uh, your, uh, their ability. You're rewarded because of your faithfulness to use your ability. And so what you do with what you have is going to determine your reward or what you get from God. Amen? That is here in this earth and that is in eternity. You get to enjoy the blessings of God here and you will be rewarded forever in eternity because of your faithfulness with what God had given you. Now notice, God doesn't obviously think like some people think because According to this parable, and he said it's like the kingdom of heaven, and this is the way God deals with people. And he actually took the one that the guy had hid, he took his talent and gave it to who? The one that had ten. Well, why didn't he give it to the one that had, uh, you know, four? Because God saw the reward. He saw something in this person that he was going to advance further. Now, God is not opposed to abundance. If you're opposed to abundance, then you'll probably never have it. So to oppose someone who has blessing and abundance is not wise. The best thing you could do is pay attention or learn from someone who has actually done better than you. Someone who has advanced Maybe further than you. How do you advance in education? You go to a teacher that has been educated and has knowledge that you don't yet have. How do you advance on your job? You learn something that you have not yet known. How do you advance in life? You learn, you grow, and then you develop your abilities and you uh, are able to achieve something that you have not yet been able to achieve. You do that naturally in this world, and you can also do it for the kingdom of God. We're always growing. That's why we come to church. One of the reasons we worship God, of course, we praise the Lord, but we also are here to learn. We're here to grow. We're here to gain in biblical knowledge, knowledge that will help us spiritually advance, mentally advance, physically Enjoy God's health and healing, amen, and prosper in our lives so that we can do well. We can be blessed in our relationships. We can be blessed in our families, in our future, in our businesses, in our jobs, and everything about life can be good. Doesn't mean it's without challenge. It just means you can succeed. Hallelujah. Well, God wants you to succeed and achieve on a personal level, but he also wants you to achieve and accomplish things for his kingdom purpose. Are you with me? So your prosperity is not just for you. It's to share for kingdom purpose so that you can advance the kingdom of God. Your knowledge and the understanding that you've gained from your job, your education, your business is not just for your personal advancement, but it's also to help advance the kingdom of God. So you can bring your gifts and your talents and your abilities, and you can put them all together with other people's gifts and talents and abilities, and guess what happens? We are able to advance kingdom purpose. We're able to advance the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So let me urge you and encourage you, don't hide your talent. 
We don't want to read on your tombstone. Here lies many gifts that were never revealed. We want to have on your tombstone something that said, you made a difference in the world. You made a difference in your community. You made a difference in society. You made a difference. Your voice mattered. Your activity mattered. And what you did made an eternal effect on the world that you lived in. Can somebody say amen? So Holy Spirit wants you to use your gifts, develop your gifts, and achieve for God's kingdom purpose. So we're encouraging you. We talked a little bit last week about getting connected with God, getting connected with us, and getting connected with purpose. We want you to connect with your divine destiny. We want you to connect with God first, connect with us second. We want you to connect with your purpose so that you can do something with what's in your hand. What God has placed in your hand, what abilities God has given to you, what opportunities God has given to you, and we have plenty of opportunities in the house of God where you can fulfill the calling of God for your life and you can utilize and exercise your gifts and callings and you can make a difference in other people's lives. Amen? So we encourage you, first of all, join a life team. What is a life team? A team that's serving in a certain area of ministry in this local church where we are affecting other people's lives. We're making a difference in the whole. We encourage you to get involved in in-service ministries where you can serve in some area that helps us every time we meet together to have church. There are people behind the scenes. There are people in the nursery. There are people in the children's ministry. There are people in the youth ministry. There are people in media. There are people in sound. There are ushers. There are ambassadors. There are people that are actively engaged in order for this to happen. It doesn't just happen without people serving and people being in their place and people being faithful. Amen. To serve in the grace of God in their lives and what God has given them to do. Now let me just give you a reference here in Mark chapter 10 verse 42. It says, but Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet It shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. Whoever desires to be great will be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be a servant of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Here's the way it works. To do something for God's kingdom, we learn to be servants. We're not here to be served. We're here to serve. Now, yes, by love we serve one another. But if you serve, you get served. And we're all being served the blessings of God. And we all benefit. That's the way kingdom purpose happens. That's the way we as a local church are able to advance the kingdom of God. We're able to make a difference in our city and in our world because people are serving with a servant attitude. So secondly, first you join a life team, but secondly, be a team player. Well, to be a team player, you've got to be unified. I mean, if you're going to be on a football team, you know, the big game is today. You know, but if you're going to be on a football team, you have to be in your place. 
You don't get to change your mind today. Oh, I want to be the quarterback. Nope. Sorry. Not going to happen. Right? You know, you, you, you don't get to change your position today. No, you are in your position. You're going to have exercise your strengths and your abilities uh, based on the ability that you have. Then you're going to be able to utilize that, right? But it takes unity. Everybody has to be in their place. Everybody has to play their part. Everybody has to run their pattern, whatever. You know, whatever position you have, you got to do your job, right? And so if everybody shows up and everybody's unified and everybody's in their place and they're doing what they are hired to do in that case, then what's going to happen? They're likely to do well, to perhaps even win the game today. Well, obviously both teams are not going to win. But somebody is. And I can assure you, it takes unity to be the winning team. And it's a winning attitude, and it's uh, uh, just having a spirit of unity. We're in this together. Nobody is going to be the only star of the game. No, because if you don't have team players, it is not going to happen for you. So... As a church, we have to be a team player. We have to unify our efforts. And I'm going to give you a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. It says, now I plead with you. Notice the Apostle Paul's language. He said, this is pretty important. So I'm pleading with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So they, as a football team, they have studied their plays. They've studied it. They've watched the film. They've gone over it and over it. It's like second nature. I mean, if you're going to be in the uh, armed forces, you got to, you got to give yourself to it. Again and again, you know when it's time to fight in a war, you got to be ready to fight the, fight the battle. You can't be second thinking. You receive the command, and you go forward, right? You get the play. The play is called. You can't say, well, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> you know, my ankle's a little hurt. No, no, you push through the pain, don't you? So sometimes when it comes to uh, your uh, playing on the team uh, of the kingdom of God, you just say, Lord, I'm in there. I'm faithful. I'm going to play. I'm going to be in my position. I'm going to run my pattern. I'm going to do what I was created to do. Amen? And I'm going to be faithful. I mean, if you didn't show up to practice, you're not playing in the Super Bowl. You don't even get to play in the uh, regular season, much less now. So you got to show up, so that means you're faithful. you got to be diligent. That means you're going to practice and you're going to give yourself to it, right? And you're going to have to get mentally ready. So in the kingdom of God, you've got to be faithful to show up. you got to be uh, faithful to do your diligent practice, so to speak, and be ready or be prepared. 
And so when it's time to act and do what you are called to do and what you're set in the body of Christ to do, then you're ready to act. You're ready to carry it out. You're ready to do the thing that God's created you and called you to do. Praise God. And you do it with unity. You have the same mind, same judgment. You're all speaking the same thing. And when the play is called, when the coach says, this is where we're going, amen, this is what we're going to do, then we're ready to run. We're ready to get on the field. We're ready to make it happen. Somebody say, together we can. And together we will. Praise the Lord. So be a team player. Go with me to Ephesians chapter uh, 4. And we're going to begin with verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. The Apostle Paul writing here, speaking of unity and talking about Oneness in spirit, and because unity is so essential in order for a team to be effective and to win the game, so to speak. So in verse 1 of chapter 4 of Ephesians, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. So there's a calling. Walk worthy of it. Be faithful. He says, with all lowliness. So he talks about our attitude. If you're going to be a team player, you've got to have a good attitude. With all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Because there are lots, listen, there are a lot of different giftings. There are a lot of different abilities. And sometimes we think that other people should be doing what we do. Because that's our motivation. But not everybody's going to do the same thing. Not everybody's going to serve in the same area and same capacity. Why? Because there's different giftings. So what we want to do is we want to honor, we want to prefer, and we want to respect everyone's giftings and callings. So sometimes it's easier to kind of work together with people that are gifted the way you are because they may think or be motivated a little bit more the way you are. But realize that even though you may be gifted in the same manner and may have some of the same callings or motivations, you also have different sometimes personalities. And so personalities have to mix together and mingle together. In other words, we have to work with each other. That's why love is so central. Walking in love, maintaining lowliness and humility, because humility is where God exalts. He exalts faithfulness. He rewards faithfulness. Didn't we see that very clearly? He rewards faithfulness, but he also exalts those who humble themselves. He said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So we're not jockeying for a position. We're not, oh, I, got, I want to be this. I want to do this. No, you may have that motivation, but you may not be ready because he's watching your faithfulness. And if you'll be faithful with what God has given you at the present, then he will cause you to be a ruler over many things if you're faithful over the few. All right, so he says you just have a good attitude, basically. Have the attitude <coughs> that you're going to be a team player. All right, so then he goes on, he says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Keep the unity of the Spirit. Well, one translation says, preserve the unity of the Spirit. Preserve it. 
In other words, you protect it. You do what it takes to make sure that you maintain unity. One says eager to maintain the unity. Eager to maintain. I mean, uh, some people, they're eager to announce negative stuff. I, I mean, they're eager to tell what somebody did. But love covers a multitude of sin. In other words, we're not uh, just broadcasting everybody's weakness. We're not talking about the others. Everybody has different levels of ability. We already studied that, right? So we don't want to complain or grumble about, well, they can't do this or they don't do this. No, no. We're all growing. We respect different levels of ability and different uh, uh, abilities at this time. But we do also believe that God expects them to excel and to increase and to develop their ability, but you've got to give them grace to grow. Can somebody say amen? And not get frustrated with other people because they don't do what you do or they don't do it the way you do it. We're learning. We're growing together. And certainly that's why leadership is necessary because they set some kind of standard. And this is what we need to happen in this area on this team. We want this to happen. That's why a coach is on the football team. You know, he's coaching. He's telling you this is the way we're going and this is the call. This is what what we're going to do. All right, somebody has to coach. Somebody has to lead the team. Isn't that right? So we have team leaders and we have team members and we have people that are leading at different levels with different abilities and people playing in the game, so to speak, people serving in their capacity at different ability levels. So we're working together. Everybody say together. But listen now, we endeavor or eager to maintain unity. Verse 4, there is one body. Everybody say one body. But notice he keeps saying this one thing, one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. So there's something about unity and being one together that God really likes. But then he says in verse 7, but to each one of us, is a grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. He says, we're all one, and emphasizes it over and over again. And then he says, but now, to each one is given grace. In other words, we are going to be gifted differently. Maybe similarities, but yet... We're going to have all kinds of diverse gifts. So we want to honor, respect, and appreciate everybody's gifts, everybody's abilities, as well as their giftings. And so if everybody appreciates and respects and honors one another, then it's easier to serve together, isn't it? I mean, it's a smooth thing that happens. It's enjoyable. We enjoy serving together, not just serving ourselves, but serving together because we have a mutual respect and appreciation for everybody's gifts and at every level of abilities. And so when we work together as a team, then you can always do a whole lot more as a team than you can do individually. And that's part of what church is about. We are a team. We're working together. It's not just about what I can do. I just do my part. It's not just about what you can do. It's about all of us doing what we all can do and excelling at what we do and doing it well. So first you join a life team. Get connected in that way. 
And then, of course, you be a team player. You work together. We work together for the same goals, the same mind, the same end, the same purpose. And we have a purpose in our lives. Then, thirdly, you serve with an excellent attitude. Serve with an excellent attitude. Now, let's go, if you will, to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. Verse 8 says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. In other words, love is at the center of relationship. If we're going to succeed together, we're going to have to have a love attitude. Love attitude is not always pointing out everybody's faults. A love attitude is believing the best of other people. A love attitude is patient. A love attitude is kind. A love attitude is considerate. Right? And we could go on and on. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8 in the Amplified Bible, and that will describe to you a love attitude. And if you did that daily for 30 days at least, it would change your thinking about your level of love. Right? All right, so... Let's go on. He says, have fervent love for one another. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Verse 9, be hospitable to one another without grumbling or without grudging or without complaining. (laughs) Just smile and look at me. (laughs) Hallelujah. So what does he say? Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. No complaining. Stop the whining. I got one yes. All right, so be hospitable. Hospitable is welcoming, isn't it? If you're hospitable to somebody, you make them feel like that they're so important. You make them feel like that they're valuable to God and to you. And if you're an ambassador and they are coming in, you're so happy to see them. And you're glad that they're here today, right? Whether they're the first time visitor or whether they've been here a hundred th- times or a thousand times, you still treat them with honor and respect. And especially somebody that's here for the first time. Why? Because they don't really know what to expect. You're showing them a service attitude. You're showing them an attitude that they are valuable to God. They're valuable to us. And God has a plan for their life. And so you want to help them in that process of finding their place in the local church and finding their place in the kingdom of God and see that they are valuable to God and his purpose and plan. Amen? And so welcoming people. Well, then, of course, you welcome them to church, and you're so happy to see them. But also, in your t- on your team, so to speak, you're, you're going to onboard them on your team, uh, and you're not going to be so uh, locked into your few friends. I'm preaching better than you, amen. I said you're so locked into your few friends, and, and we're real happy and comfortable where we're at. No, we are not happy and comfortable where we're at. We want to break out of the box. We want somebody to come onto our team, and we want them to know that they're valuable, they're important. We want them to join the team, and they're just as important as a person that, that's been there for four or five years. No, we are going to welcome them because we're hospitable, right, without grumbling or 
complaining. Well, they, we got to train them. We got to teach them. We got to do this. No, we get to train them. We get to teach them. Our attitude is we want them to get involved. We want them to serve. We want them to enjoy the benefits and the blessings of serving God's kingdom purpose and find the joy in serving. So whatever adjustments we have to make in our, in our attitudes, come on. The effort that it takes or whatever adjustments we have to make. And when it comes to personality differences, if they were all like you, that would be dangerous. Come on. So if put five of you on the same team, that would, oh, God, help us. All right. So, so, so you want to blend with the personalities, work together, and appreciate the gifts and appreciate the abilities and appreciate the differences and appreciate uh, the even differences in personalities and honor and respect. And we're growing together. We know that your personality could use a little tweaking. We know that. But, but basically, your personality is going to be the same. It's just what do you do with it? Let Jesus shine through it. Let Jesus work through it. So here as the body of Christ, we're working together and we are serving together and we want to serve with an excellent attitude and we want to be hospitable to one another and honor one another. Are you with me? Verse 10, as each one has received the gift, minister one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, you are to minister one to another according to the gifts of God that he has given to you. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, let him speak as of the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as of the ability which God supplies. Remember, it's according to God's ability. Well, if it's according to God's ability, working in you and He's supplying it, don't you think He could increase it? Right? You could develop it and you could increase in your ability. If God is supplying the ability, He wants you to excel. He wants you to do well for your sake and your benefit personally, but also for the kingdom of God and for the benefit and the advancement of God's kingdom purpose. Amen? So he said, which God's ability supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So God not only gives you the ability and the talents, but he wants you to use them. He wants you to connect. He wants you to join a life team. He wants you to serve, but he wants you to serve as a team player. He wants you to serve as one who is unified with the other members of the team, and you're going for the same goal and the same purpose because we want to win people to Jesus, and we want to see people develop and grow and experience God's best in their life. And he also wants you to have an excellent attitude of a servant and maintain that attitude of love and kindness and consideration and honor and respect. And when we do that, something supernatural happens in the church because the devil is a divider, but God is a unifier. Amen? And God puts us together for a divine purpose to be fulfilled. We're here for a reason. We're together for a reason, and God has a plan and a purpose for this local church and for our community of Las Vegas, and he has a plan and a purpose for this uh, nation. He has a purpose for this world, and we want to do our part in changing our city, changing our nation, changing our world, and changing our community, and changing people's lives 
one person at a time. Amen? And if everybody's doing their part, it's amazing what God could do in and through our lives for his kingdom. And the reward down here is great, but the reward in eternity in heaven is even greater. Amen? Thank you for joining us at Word of Life Christian Center, where we seek to move upward in prayer and worship, inward in discipleship, and outward in evangelism. We are so excited that you decided to connect with what God is doing here. And if you want to learn more, go to wordoflifelv.com.